You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Welcome into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. I am Ben McKee, joined by Ryan Callahan. No Wes Rucker, no Patrick Brown, but we're still talking football. But we're talking football recruiting because Tennessee had a massive recruiting weekend this past weekend over Memorial Day with the 865 live event that it had. And Ryan, I think the first thing to point out before we dive into some individual storylines and discuss the individuals, not to go all Butch Jones on folks by saying individuals, but uh, before we discuss individual recruits, uh, I think it's safe to say that the the talent that was on campus this past weekend as a whole was just mega impressive. I mean, Butch Jones had his, had his times at, at Tennessee when he had a lot of very talented, high-level recruits on campus, uh, Jeremy Pruitt as well, but uh, I, I think this past weekend was was up there with with any of them, if if not more. Yeah, the really impressive turnout, and I I just think this this is a uh, and this is the second year in a row Tennessee's done this Memorial Day weekend type event um, where it's uh, it, it sort of kicks off your summer visits uh, and, and it beats everyone else to the punch a little bit because obviously everything's leading up to June official visits that have become so important in recruiting with so many players making summer decisions. And this gives you a chance to, to get those guys back on campus again before official visits. So in a lot of cases, the guys who were here this past weekend will be back at Tennessee within the next few weeks. Uh, and some of them, you've got commitments back to hang out with those guys too. It allows you to build relationships. And some of those guys don't really know what to expect when they're coming in. And it, it really is just a day of kind of fun and games and team competitions and stuff. They're, they're doing a scavenger hunt and playing playing these games and having a dance contest and all all this type of stuff and it's they're not really talking football at all in most cases and th- that they just enjoy that you know it's different once you get into the routine of junior days and spring practice visits and and start getting ready for official visits so i think guys come in and it, it's the type of visit that that just allows you to to come away feeling more comfortable with a school so it can be you know, almost sneaky effective. I, I think to to have it a visit like this, where guys don't come away thinking about what position they're going to play or what their opportunity at, at their position might be at that school, but they're like, man, I could really see myself there because it's just a fun day, and they see how long how well they get along with the coaches and the the words that that you kept hearing were the ones we hear all the time about this staff. But after Saturday, you heard heard people talking about how genuine the coaching staff is. And, and what a family atmosphere it is. And this only adds to that. So it's smart on, on multiple fronts. And, uh, and it, and it's, I think just a really well timed event for, for Tennessee to kind of build some momentum going into the summer. So you add Peyton Lewis, the four star running back, uh, while he was there. And that was obviously a kind of scheduled announcement going into it that he had known for, for weeks that he was going to Tennessee and, and he just went public with it on Saturday. But, um, you know, people, maybe we're 
going into the weekend, hoping there would be a bunch of commitments. You know, I, I don't, I just don't think the setup is usually perfect for that when you, when you've got a lot of guys getting ready to take official visits, but I think it allowed Tennessee to establish themselves or in some cases reestablish themselves as one of the teams to beat for a lot of those players going into official visits by getting them back there for, for kind of a laid back day that, that makes it easier for players to see themselves at a school like Tennessee. Let's let's touch on Peyton Lewis for a quick moment. I, I know you and Wes recorded a reaction podcast to him committing over the weekend, but it was Memorial Day weekend. I'm I'm sure a lot of people were out of town or on the go and enjoying their days off, so uh, maybe haven't gotten a chance to listen to that just yet. Obviously, do encourage folks to go back and on the podcast feed wherever you do get your Go Vols 24 seven podcast and and listen to that for a more in depth conversation about Peyton Lewis. But Ryan, that that's a a recruitment that had been trending in Tennessee's direction for a while, and I think if you're a Tennessee fan, maybe outside of of Jake Merklinger, I mean, this is the commitment thus far that you probably got to be most excited about. Just knowing how fast Peyton Lewis is and what he can do in this Tennessee offense, and and maybe be used in a variety of ways. I, I think this is just a, a massive, massive pickup for Tennessee. Uh, it, it, it's up there for sure. Now, I, I think there's some other really good players in this class. I, I think maybe not enough people are are excited enough about you know guys like Marcus Scorey and and some of the other guys that they that they do have in this class. JJ Harrell is really good at wide receiver, but yeah, he's certainly one of the more impressive commitments. And I, I think that it's just a big deal when you look at what Tennessee is has had to do with the running back position the past two years. You know, they've gone into the summer sort of just hoping to land some guys and then they get one in the summer um, each, each year. They, they, they got Dylan Sampson two years ago. Um, as it turned out, Cam Seldon looks like a running back now, um, but, but they got him last summer, but they still went into the fall looking for another guy each year. Ended up with Justin Williams Thomas in year one, Khalifa Keith last year. So it's a position they've not felt totally secure in uh, coming out of the summer each of the past two years. So I think just to get a guy like that who's pretty pretty highly recruited at this position, more than 30 offers now, and Peyton Lewis is just a big deal. Um, and, and like you said, the speed, I, I, I think the, you can have some questions about Peyton Lewis still. Um, his speed, when you look on film, I, I'll be interested to see what his senior film looks like. When you look at him on film, I will say that he, it doesn't scream 10, 5, 100 meters when you look at him. Um, so, so I would like to see there, there are some guys that the track times don't necessarily translate to the football field. I, I, I value football speed when I'm looking at, at, at film a little more so than track times, but track times are, are great to have because it lets you know the speed is there and it's verified and track times. You don't have to wonder, is that like a real 40 time? You know, 40 times get questioned all the time because you don't know if they're. They're hand timed or are they even legit? Track times, you don't have to worry about that. So when a guy runs a 10 5 100, you definitely take note of that. But, but I'll be interested in seeing if he looks more explosive, even quicker on film this coming season. But I, I like the other things he brings to the table too, that, that make me more confident that he is going to be a pretty good player. You know, good vision. Uh, he plays in, in kind of an old school offense by today's standards. It's sort of an eye formation, line up and run it down your throat kind of system. And, and so he's learned how to follow his blocks and play with some physicality for a, for a back that's not especially big. I think he's a little bigger than people maybe think he is around 190 pounds, but he, he, he's, he's got a decent frame and can, can probably add some weight. So he's not huge, but 
he's he plays a little bigger than his size would suggest and and certainly with a little more physicality and edge to him so i i just like the all-around package there and and if he can continue to show that speed more and more on the field um i I think that's potentially a really good pickup so you beat out south carolina and and some others like penn state for him Uh, but hey the reality is that the kid got an alabama offer just a couple months ago georgia showed some interest at one point you know, maybe he wasn't at the very top of their boards, but the fact that schools like that even offered shows you there's some real talent there. And so I, I think that's a really nice pickup. And, and Ben, I, I forgot just to circle back. I, I didn't even address um, what you asked in that very first question as I talked about the event itself. I didn't talk about just the sheer volume of the, the talent there. Tennessee had more than 20 four and five star prospects on campus, uh, for Saturdays, uh, for Saturday's event. And that's just in the 2024 class. That doesn't include a couple 2025 guys like Amari Adams, uh, a big-time defensive lineman from South Carolina, Josh Petty, a big-time offensive lineman from Georgia. Um, not many 2025 guys in town, but those guys were there. So, I mean, just a pretty stunning volume of, of players. And the few five-stars that were there included a couple guys who'd never visited Tennessee before, Dylan Stewart and Aiden Breland. Uh, so when you're getting guys like that on campus from all across the country and that sheer volume of talent, that that's impressive, but yeah, that 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 pickup of Peyton Lewis definitely one of the one of the more exciting ones Tennessee has so far among their twelve early commitments, and I think it's it's huge to address that need at running back early on with a guy that you that you clearly coveted. And Amari Adams, the twenty twenty five defensive lineman from South Carolina that you just mentioned, we'll have an update on him up on the site uh, later today. I, I spoke to him uh, as everybody was leaving uh, on on Saturday, so we'll have an update on the site. Be sure to. Uh, wait for that to to pop up and then uh josh petty it sounds like he had a a nice nice weekend at at tennessee as well so not only are you making making hay in the 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 current class but you're also starting to lay a a really really nice foundation for the upcoming classes as well which when you think about it that's what they've done with with this current class as well they they got in early uh and was was having those conversations and and building those relationships early with this class and, and you're starting to see it uh, pay off in a big way. The other thing about the running back position Ryan is that I don't know that it was a knock on on Jerry Mack but it it was kind of mystifying as to why Tennessee has not been able to to land a significant running back prospect and, and I I think like last year, for example, there wasn't necessarily a ton of big time running back prospects and and the ones that that did exist. I mean, Tennessee had a nice relationship with a guy like Branson Robinson. But at that point, it's, it's hard for Tennessee to beat out a team like Georgia uh, just because of where where Tennessee was when Heupel took over and and where Georgia is now with Kirby Smart and winning the last two national championships. So have they landed that, you know, Travis Henry, <laughs> Jamal Lewis? game changing back i don't know but i i do think they've they've really made some nice additions the last couple of years when you look at jalen wright you look at dylan sampson when, when they first got here they being uh this this coaching staff that they, they were able to land those two uh and then last year maybe was recruited more as of a a receiver but cam selden ends up being a running back i think he's going to be really really good for tennessee and then Peyton Lewis. I mean that that's a string of of four really nice backs that that they've added, and and if they can get them on campus and, and develop them, uh, and we've already seen them develop Jalen Wright and Dylan Sampson to a certain extent, they can develop these next two, Selden and Lewis. I mean that that's a nice that's a nice core right there over the last couple of years for the running back room. 
they they've definitely improved that position uh, quite a bit since they since they got here. You know, remember, remember they took over a group that uh, you know I, I'm I'm losing track of where you know where things uh, shifted with some of these guys and when they left the program. But you know they they took over a group that had you know T Hodge, Lenise Whitehead, so some guys that clearly didn't work out, and they've now transformed it to where you might have as a sixth guy this year a, a guy like Deshaun Bishop who looked like in the spring, he could easily contribute, uh, if needed this season. So, uh, yeah, they've, they've really improved the depth overall, improved the quality of that room. Got some really intriguing upside with guys like Cam Selden, who I think is nowhere near a finished product. You know, that he showed some flashes in the spring game, certainly, but I think he still has, has some things to learn about playing the running back position just because he's so new to, to that being kind of his full-time home, uh, and, and, and had a lot to learn coming out of high school. So, so yeah, they, they they have a they have done a I think a, a better job than people maybe thought at the time uh, you know each of the past two years and we'll we'll see what Khalifa Keith might or might not add to to that group he could be a a sneaky good addition too that might even have a chance to carve out a, a situational role for himself since they could still use a, a bigger back to complement those top guys on the depth chart so uh, I, I yeah I think that group is 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 rounding into form pretty nicely and and you add a guy like Peyton Lewis to what they already have and. You know, I, I talked in the in the previous podcast about how I think he's a really good fit for what Tennessee usually relies on in their offense. You know, you don't have to have the the guy who's around 200 pounds, but that's what they've had the most so far in the Jalen Wright and Jabari Lewis type player or Jabari Small type players. And and no doubt he is he is uh, Peyton Lewis is is that same type of player, but with a little more straight line speed, at least verified straight line speed than even uh, either of those guys has. So that's that's a that's a nice combination to work with, and and just from what he shows on film, he looks like he's going to fit in pretty seamlessly uh, to what Tennessee does. Now, getting into this past weekend and, and the eight six five live event, obviously Peyton Lewis applies to the weekend, but in terms of non committed players, uh, we have some updates on Boo Carter and and Ronan Con- O'Connell to to offer up. But before we get there, I want to talk Sammy Brown because Sammy Brown is just an absolute stud. Uh, I believe in our two, four, seven rankings, he's number five overall in the country, the number one linebacker and the number one player in the state of Georgia. I mean, he he is just an absolute stud. I mean, you, you watch his film and, and even somebody like me who is a, a football dummy uh, and did not play at a high level. Like it, 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 it doesn't take, Captain Obvious to, to see that Sammy Brown is just an absolute monster on the defensive side of the football. And, and he's one that that's always kind of had interest in Tennessee, even when you first started to hear about Sammy Brown when he was younger. Uh, and, and as he has gotten older and, and become more of a prolific high level recruit, you've, you've always kind of just wrote him off. Oh, he's going to Georgia. Oh, he's going to Clemson, Ohio State. But. Uh, Ryan, he was here on an official visit this weekend, and I think it went really well. And, and I think uh, I, I'll still believe it when I see it that that he ends up at Tennessee. But I do think that Tennessee has more of a chance to land him than maybe I ever realized. Yeah, and and I'll, I'll I will pump the brakes again as we say that, and just say if I'm picking right now, I'm still picking Georgia. I I still think that's probably where he ends up going into his official visits. Now, still got four, or as he begins his official visits, he's he's taking the Tennessee one has four more to go over the next four weekends. You know, we'll see if this weekend can help Clemson maybe reestablish itself as a as a top contender. But it seems like they've been losing traction a little bit lately. Uh, Oklahoma and Ohio State. 
had been, I think, kind of more fringe contenders. And Tennessee was, you know, certainly at one point thought to be more of just a fringe contender uh, going into the final final stretch of this one. But getting him back on campus a couple times this spring, uh, including this past weekend for the official visit, I think has, has helped Tennessee continue to establish itself as more and more of a of a place that he he really could see himself. Um, but you know, at the same time, he's his school is less than twenty miles from Georgia's campus. Uh, Georgia's made him a huge priority. He spent some time there recently too uh, for their scavenger hunt and had some guys at his high school for a throwing session, including Dylan Rayola, the quarterback commitment. So Georgia's clearly done a good job with him too, and a lot of people think with good reason that he ends up there. Um, so, so you still should probably assume that it's, that it's, uh, that the odds of Sammy Brown ending up at Tennessee aren't great, but as you said, it's at least a little more realistic than it looked, looked to be maybe three, four months ago. We had people kind of writing it off every time I would mention him uh, as a possibility on, on the checkerboard on GoVols 24 seven. People say, why, why are we even talking about Sammy Brown? He's not going to end up at Tennessee because we kept hearing Georgia and Clemson, Georgia and Clemson, nothing ever really changed. You know, you hang around long enough and, and they've got some family ties there. His mom's from Johnson City. He's got family in the Knoxville area that he spent some time with Easter weekend when he was in town for another visit to Tennessee. You know, there, there's just enough working in Tennessee's favor. And that's that's not even the biggest thing. You know, it's not the family ties. It's I think the biggest thing he likes about Tennessee is just he feels it's a program that's ready to ready to kind of take center stage over the next few years that he saw what they did last year. And, you know, as he kind of said, coming out of his official visit, it's he, he thinks Tennessee is kind of the right the right school with the right coaches at the right time. You know, he he likes Josh Heupel's staff a lot. Thinks they're about to have a nice run, but hey, Georgia's also in the middle of a pretty great run themselves, a back to back national championship. So that's that's just going to be tough to beat in the end. But I think Tennessee's done a really good job in Sammy Brown's recruitment, hanging around, hanging around, and now with a good official visit that he said, you know, set the bar high going into his remaining official visits. Still might be tough to win in the end, but they've at least done everything possible to give themselves a shot. And and that's, that's all you can ask for with a player like that, that, as you said, is a, is an absolute stud in, in every, every sense of the word, because he, he's got the measurables, he's got the skill set, he's got the, the track times, you know, he's a, he's a good track athlete at 235 pounds. Uh, he, he's got impressive weightlifting numbers. I mean, he just does everything you want a linebacker to do at that level. And that's why he's such a priority for Georgia. So going to be tough to win in the end, but Tennessee's done a nice job and crazier things have happened, I guess, but you know, still, still going to be tough for Tennessee in the end, I think. Now you said he'll be at Clemson this weekend, this weekend and, and Clemson, hmm. they, they do things, they do things a little differently at Clemson. If you, if you haven't seen this last year, they, they only host official visits the first weekend of June. This is the only weekend they do it all summer. So everyone who's taking an official visit to Clemson this month will be there this weekend. It's like 25 or 30 guys. They did the same thing last year, had about 30 guys. So if there's anyone, Ronan O'Connell will be there with him, uh, the Tennessee offensive line target. So that that's how they do it. So if you ever have any doubt about that, <laughs> when's he taking his official visit to Clemson? It's probably this weekend because everyone will be there this weekend all at once. How, how do they... I, I don't understand how you can spend good quality time with yeah, <laughs> the guys that are visiting. That's that's the question I've always had. You know, a lot of schools want, you know, no, no more than 10 or 15 official visitors on campus at once just because you want to make sure you do get that one on one time and it's not too crowded. But they seem to go for kind of the community feel 
Uh, I'm, I'm sure there is some one-on-one time mixed in with that too, but they, I think they seem to value that there's a chance for all those guys to kind of bond together and that they get, you know, maybe sort of a domino effect of commitments coming out of there. I, I'm not sure what the thinking is, but that's, that's how they've approached it the past couple of years. And uh, that's, that's how they're doing it this year. Well, I, I ask about Sammy Brown being in Clemson this weekend because you know who else is going to be in Clemson this weekend? Who else? Tony Vitello. I, I, I think Josh <laughs> Heifel may, may need to send ace recruiter Tony Vitello over to, to talk to, to Sammy Brown. I have no idea if that's uh, against the rules, uh, but, but maybe an incidental bump in to, to Tony Vitello <laughs> th- this weekend at, at, at some point. Uh, that, that would, that would be great. Uh, for Tennessee, we we do. Well, before we take a break here and, and talk, uh, Boo Carter and, and Ronan O'Connell on the other side, I, I did want to add two things of, about Sammy Brown and, and more so about Tennessee's linebacker room. I think if you're Tennessee, as it pertains to to helping yourself with Sammy Brown, uh, that that's all I'm talking about when I say what I'm about to say. It would be huge for the recruitment of Sammy Brown. If Arion Carter is able to have an early impact, if Elijah Herring, if Caleb Perry, some of those young inside backers, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, but I do believe Sammy Brown is, is going to be an inside backer, not an outside backer. Maybe he's a guy that they move all over the field because he's an absolute wrecking ball. But if, if you can, if you can have some of these young, talented linebackers that you've brought in these last two cycles, impact early and, and develop rather quickly boy do i think that would go a long ways to helping sammy brown feel even more comfortable because i do think there's a genuine interest in tennessee uh and also like if you can if you can hurry up and get edwin spillman in the boat and, and then all of a sudden sammy brown can kind of team up with with edwin spillman down the road i i think that would be critical for tennessee in this recruitment those things would, would help. I, I think the biggest thing that's just going to be hard for Tennessee to overcome, and I think all those things could help Tennessee a little bit, that they, they the only things they're going to be have a hard time overcoming are just Georgia's track record of putting linebackers in the NFL and, and the draft in the early rounds. And, and, you know, Tennessee can't do anything to speed that up. As you said, I think Arion Carter is going to have a, a great year, um, or, or at least show some flashes this year as a true freshman, has a chance to have a great career at Tennessee. But, you know, is that going to be enough soon enough to, to offset what Georgia has to sell uh, and, and his, his obvious chance to, to go in there and, and, and be part of a program that, that really has it rolling right now? And that, by the way, just happens to be 20 minutes from his house. You know, that's, that's tough to beat. So I, I, I think that's, that's tough for Tennessee. The timing of those co- commitments, too, will probably be somewhat similar. We'll see what Edwin Spillman ends up doing, but he's going to take his four official visits in June make a decision sometime after that, probably late June or sometime in July. Sammy Brown saying he's going to take his four official visits and he's shooting for maybe sometime around the second week of July. So those are going to be pretty close together in all likelihood timing wise. And it's, it's going to be similar for a lot of players. You know, this is, we always say it, uh, June is visit month and July is commitment month. That's, that's kind of how it's shaping up for a lot of guys. Um, not everyone, some, some could commit in, in August and some could commit in June. Uh, but that's the way it is for a lot of players still left on the board who are uncommitted at this point. So, you know, how the timing of that all shakes out, we'll see if any of that works in Tennessee's favor with some guys. But, but yeah, they, they've got some, they've got some things to sell. And one of them is that Sammy Brown's repeatedly said 
Tennessee's got a linebacker-friendly defense. He thinks they build the defense around the linebackers, funnel things to them, let them roam around freely and make plays. And I think he sees you know, what they've done with some guys who, frankly, probably aren't as, as talented as him uh, across the board. Yeah, they, he's seen guys like that fly all around the place and, and make plays and look really good in doing so. It's not hard for a guy like him to to look at a defense like that and say, "Man, put me in that defense. What could I do?" So I think he I think he does like some things on the field about Tennessee. It's just, you know, is that enough to beat out a program that has it rolling like Georgia and where he knows they're putting NFL linebackers out on a pretty regular basis? Just to to put a bow on the linebacker conversation uh, before we do take that break that I I keep teasing. How concerned should Tennessee be? about Edwin Spillman and, and other potential locations. He was here uh, th- this weekend, and it's easy to connect the dots. Obviously, Nate Spillman, uh, his, his brother, uh, just moved in this past weekend. Uh, he, he's a receiver who signed this past recruiting cycle. Uh, so, And he's an in-state kid, obviously, been to Tennessee a ton. Uh, and, and, I mean, obviously, I think it's pretty obvious that Tennessee is the the leader to, to a certain extent because of all the connections. Uh, but I also don't think it's just absolutely written in, in Sharpie that he will end up a, a Tennessee Vol. What are your thoughts on where Tennessee is at with Edwin Spillman, who was also here this past weekend uh, as they were moving in his brother? Yeah, and, and that's uh, that. That's the big thing is he's gotten to keep coming back to Tennessee naturally with his brother. He was here for his official visit in January. Uh, Nate Spillman had already signed, took his official visit in January. That gave Edwin Spillman a, essentially a weekend to hang out with Tennessee's coaches, even though he wasn't the center of attention that weekend. Uh, he came in in April to see the spring game with Nate uh, to, to hang out for that one, and then a chance to come back this past weekend when Nate was moving in. So. Uh, so yeah, I, I still, I still think Tennessee is going to be tough to beat in that one. Uh, you never say never, you know, that it's not a, it's not a slam dunk and he has kept things open for a reason. And he's looking at some serious programs, obviously Georgia and Ohio state probably being the main competition. Uh, I, it, it's been Tennessee, Ohio state for a long time, but I think the, the longer it's gone, Georgia's maybe become a little more of a factor. Uh, and is probably right up there with Ohio State as as maybe the the biggest threat to Tennessee going into the official visits. Interesting too that you know Tennessee sort of scheduled that uh, that visit first um, before Georgia and Florida State did. He had the Ohio State and Tennessee visits locked in first. So as it's turned out, Georgia now gets the last official visit from him. Also very interesting because that's you know sometimes and sometimes there's no strategy to it at all. It's just which which school claims which date. And players go along with it, but sometimes this uh, the way players will approach it is: I'm going to put the team at the end that's the one to beat, and I'll, I'll just come back to them at the end and make sure I'm making the right decision. Obviously, I don't think that's the way he's set it up, but it's it gives Georgia maybe the last in person chance to, to to host him before he makes his decision. So interesting wrinkle there that probably won't, if I had to guess, won't won't end up being a major factor in his decision, but just something to keep in keep in mind going into these these visits. So. I still think the odds of him ending up somewhere else are relatively low, but you can't rule it out just because he has kept things open. He does want to make his own decision and not just follow his brother. But every time he's at Tennessee, I think he just feels a comfort level, knowing his brother's there, knowing the the kind of impact he can make on Tennessee's defense. Having been recruited by them for so long, he's got such good relationships now with Brian John Marie and the rest of that staff. 
I, I just think Tennessee's going to be tough to beat in the end. But Georgia is pretty serious about him. You know, they obviously are in good shape with Sammy Brown and some others, but they they apparently are pretty heavily involved with Edwin Spillman. So is Ohio State. So you don't rule out anything when you've got that level of program still in the mix. But I just think for for all the reasons, in-state, chance to join his brother, familiarity with the coaching staff, it, it is going to be tough to beat out Tennessee, I think, for anybody else. Ryan has some other updates on key in-state targets to share, and we will get to those updates here in just a moment after this timeout on the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back in to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. I am Ben McKee joined by Ryan Callahan here discussing Tennessee's big recruiting weekend this past weekend. Over Memorial Day, had the big 865 live event. Just a ton of talent on campus for the Vols. And boy, are their updates galore. And we have a, a couple of key updates here in just a moment. But first, before we get to them, would like to encourage you to go like, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your Go Vols 24 7 podcast. We would greatly appreciate that. Ryan Edwin Spillman wasn't the only key in state target that was on campus this past weekend. We mentioned Boo Carter and Ronan. O'Connell earlier and uh, seems like Tennessee is in good position for those two. They are. And they, and they, I think realistically have been probably for, for a little while now. Um, I, I, I uh, we, we bring them up because I, I made crystal ball picks for Tennessee to, to land each of them on uh, on Wednesday morning. And, and really that's, you know, Boo Carter in particular, that's one I could have probably made months ago. And I, I mentioned that in the story uh, uh, revealing that pick uh, and explaining that decision. But uh, there were a couple potential curveballs in Boo Carter's recruitment that I wanted to kind of hold out and wait to see how things played out there this spring. And, you know, now that things have played out a little bit farther, he's still, you know, still probably at least two or three weeks away from making a decision. We'll see how long he waits, how many official visits he takes. Um, I think he's probably working toward a decision sometime in June. Um, but right now, I, I, I don't have any reason to think Tennessee's not the favorite to land him. And, uh, and, and I think Tennessee has, you know, been in good shape there for a while as we continue to say. Um, I just, I just kind of wanted to wait and see how some things played out before I made a prediction for him. Rowan O'Connell, I, I think is, a, is not quite, you know, I, I'm not quite as, as locked in with that decision. I'm not saying anything the done deal with either of them, but I, I, it's, it's a little bit more of a projection with Rowan O'Connell than it is with Boo Carter. I feel pretty good about the Boo Carter pick. 
Um, I, I think Rowan O'Connell still, that one could maybe still go another way. Uh, the, I mentioned the Clemson official visit this coming weekend for him. That's a, that's a big one, I think, in that one. But I do think Tennessee's done a really good job with them for a long time. And the Clemson offer is still fairly new. So that's why they're, there still could be a chance of the Tigers winning out in that one. I, I think he was kind of interested in Clemson and sought out that offer a little bit. That that's always something to kind of keep in mind. He he, he mentioned that earlier this year he kind of thought that would be a, a great school to 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 get an offer from and have a chance to play there. He likes that it's a faith based program with, with Dabo Sweeney and that staff. So uh, and really liked the visit when he was there for the first time in early April and came away with that offer. So I think Clemson still has a at least a legitimate shot to maybe knock off the balls here. So no one should take that crystal ball pick to mean this one's over, but coming out of this past weekend, I just think Tennessee's done a good job there. I think going into the official visits, they're the team to beat. Um, they were his first power five offer back in February of last year. Um, so I, I think he's looking to make a summer decision. It sets up pretty well for Tennessee with them getting the last official visit the weekend of June 23rd. Uh, and he's, he's connected well with some of Tennessee's commitments as, as well. You know, guys like Jake Merklinger and Jesse Perry, who he knows from middle Tennessee and, uh, even Gage Ginther, the offensive lineman from Colorado, all those guys got it, got a chance to hang out together this past weekend. And I think connected pretty well. So multiple reasons, including the chance to stay in state that I think he probably ends up at Tennessee, but Tennessee does have a little more work there to do. And that's, I forecasted that one with a little bit lower confidence level just because there is that that possibility of Clemson still making a move. I just think Tennessee is is still the team to beat going into the official visits. So as of right now, you know they've done a good job in state in this class. As of right now, I've already made a pick for them a while back for for Edwin Spillman. Uh, I think they end up with Boo Carter and Ron O'Connell. That leaves Amari Jefferson as kind of the only the only in state target that they truly are pursuing. That I think they maybe still have some work to do with. That's maybe a little bit more up in the air. Um, Still got to get these guys across the finish line this summer, but it, it's set up well for Tennessee to to maybe have a, a good chance of closing the deal with some of these top in state targets uh, sometime this summer. And, and so that's just one to make those picks before we got into to official visit season, because I do think those guys are are entering the stretch run. We'll see what O'Connell does as far as the timeline could be really anytime between June and August. He's talked more about July and August, so he'll probably wait beyond June. Boo Carter, though, I think I think he's probably closing in on a decision sometime in June. So um, wanted to get those picks out there before those guys started their official visits and really, really get into decision making mode. But I just kind of wanted to make those picks to let people know that's where kind of where I think Tennessee is with those guys. It would be a very impressive in-state class if if Tennessee can can finish off the the deal with Boo Carter and Ronan O'Connell. And and speaking of Amari Jefferson, uh, he he was one of the headliners this weekend. May not have the recruiting ranking of a Ryan Wingo or a Sammy Brown or or others, but still still a pretty highly ranked guy. And and more so, my point in saying what I just said is is that Tennessee is recruiting Georgia and Alabama, <laughs> recruiting against Georgia and and, and Alabama for Jefferson. So uh, it turned out to be a pretty big weekend uh, for wide receiver recruiting uh, with Amari Jefferson being on campus. Ryan, how did? You think Amari's visit went over the weekend, and then also uh, a very important visitor, I believe, from Sunday to Monday, as as you put out, a uh, five star receiver from St. Louis, Ryan Wingo. How, how do you feel like those two visits went over the weekend? I I think the visit with Wingo, we'll start with that one because it was the most recent. I think that one went really well. Uh, I think you know some people have kind of been, I think, worried about 
whether that one was trending away from Tennessee because, you know, Steve Wiltfong made a crystal ball pick for Georgia a while back. Uh, and Georgia definitely had had some momentum at one point this spring, pro- probably for a while this spring. The, the team I had heard more recently going into the Tennessee visit that maybe had some momentum was Miami. Um, so that one's, you know, we've talked before. Tennessee had the crystal ball pick at one point from Steve Wiltfong for Ryan Wingo. He switched it to Georgia. There, there have already been some twists and turns in his recruitment. And, and the bad news for Tennessee fans, buckle up because that was going to go a while longer. He's still a long way from a decision. He made it clear to me, and he's told me this before, he's waiting till December. He didn't even leave any ambiguity about it for me. He said he's probably waiting till early signing day. So prepare for that one to go all the way to, to the end, uh, and that he's going to take probably more than five official visits. There's a new rule going into effect, if you haven't heard, uh, July 1st, that allows players to take more than five official visits, still only one per school unless there's a head coaching change, but you can take more than five beginning uh, July 1st. So he's going to take four in the month of June and then take more during the season. The good news for Tennessee, I think, is that they're not burning their official visit in June on, on Ryan Wingo. They're, they're going to have him on campus for an official visit sometime this fall. He's, his dad threw out maybe the weekend of the Georgia game uh, in November, and, and that would obviously be you know about a month away from early signing day. So uh, we'll see when they end up scheduling that one. But, but I think Tennessee's done a good job there, and this weekend, kind of allowed them to reestablish themselves as as one of the real contenders for him. So I think they've got, again, some positive momentum with him coming out of that visit. He was on campus for really a, about two full days, got in Sunday around midday, stayed till late Tuesday morning. And that's, you know, that's a big deal. I, I think this visit gave him a little more of a personal connection, individual attention from the coaches. Really no one else was around. He came in after the 865 live event. So I think that was a really productive visit for Tennessee with him. And I think they're right back in the thick of that one. If they were ever, if they were ever down, uh, you know, it, it was it was maybe a just a half step behind uh, a Georgia or a Miami. But now I think it's it's a, a pretty much a neck and neck battle. And I think Tennessee has at least some positive momentum going into his official visit. So that he's definitely a name to keep keep in mind at the receiver position. And Amari Jefferson, you know, I think Georgia and Alabama have have maybe quietly, uh, maybe maybe to the surprise of Tennessee fans, been in pretty good shape with him. Uh, so I think Tennessee's had some work to do there, but I, I think they're they're back back with in in a close race with those two teams going into the summer. It's hard to say that there's a leader or a team to beat. I will say that George is the team I've heard a little more consistently throughout his recruitment as maybe the team to watch uh, that could pull him out of the state. But Alabama's on him pretty hard too, and like you said, the ranking might not be there right now, but people should view him as every bit the priority that those that those top guys are at wide receiver, Mike Matthews and Ryan Wingo, because uh, in state Tennessee hasn't had too many receivers uh, the past few years that have uh, been of the, of the caliber player that Amari Jefferson is. I, if you haven't watched this film from last season, go check it out because it's, it's fun to watch. He, he had outstanding junior film as, as, as good as anybody in the state for sure. And, and probably as, as good as, um, almost any receiver in the country. He, he had a, an impressive junior season that really changed Tennessee's view of him and, and some other programs too. So he's a big-time priority. Tennessee treated him as, as such uh, on Saturday during that visit. And the big news there is they're getting an official visit. They're going to get to host him on an official visit the weekend of June 23rd. That was not a sure thing at one point. Now they're getting that official visit and the last one before he potentially makes a late summerish kind of decision in maybe August or September. 
So that's that's a big deal for Tennessee, and they're they're at least right back with Alabama and Georgia, I think, going into those official visits. The other big storyline for me literally was big because there was an emphasis, an obvious emphasis placed on the trenches. And we've talked about the offensive line, and it wasn't so much about the offensive line this this weekend. You did have Ronan O'Connell. Uh, I guess now that I think about it, when I start to list off all the names, it was just as much about the offensive line as the defensive line, uh, because you had Ronan O'Connell, you had Gage Ginther in from Colorado, and and boy does Gage Ginther look the part. I mean, he he is built. Uh, and and speaking of built, Daniel Calhoun is also massive. Uh, he he looks like a highly ranked offensive tackle that you're trying to get away uh, from Georgia for sure. Uh, but then there are also some big names along the defensive line, uh, Ryan, that, that made it to campus. So your thoughts on Daniel Calhoun and, and then also uh, those those big, big monsters on the defensive line that were able to make it in and, and spend a lot of quality time uh, with Rodney Garner and his crew. Yeah, a pretty good weekend for Tennessee on on the trenches. And the impressive thing about that is you didn't have Williams Winery on campus. You didn't have Camp, uh, Kamarion Franklin on campus. Uh, two of the, the top guys that Tennessee is in pretty good shape with right now. But they did have another guy that they've been in good shape with for a while, Cameron Fountain. Good to get him back on campus after uh, a possible spring visit for him. Never materialized. Um, he, he's going to take his official visit to Tennessee the weekend of June 23rd. think Tennessee's in pretty good shape there going into the summer. Uh, and you know, we mentioned it earlier, you got some, got some big-time players on campus uh, from, from not close to home who'd never been to Tennessee, uh, Aiden Breland, five-star defensive lineman from California, big six foot five, 290 pound guy, uh, had Tennessee in his top 10, tried to make it there a few times earlier this year and didn't admitted going into the visit. They were probably playing catch up. Tennessee felt that way too. Not sure Tennessee made up enough ground to, to really be a serious, serious threat since he's looking to make a decision by August. Um, but We'll see if anything changes. That they did a they did a good job with him. They did a good job with Dylan Stewart, the five star edge rusher from DC. I, I still would view both of those guys as long shots for Tennessee as of right now. But just to get that type of player on campus, uh, a, a pretty good sign, I think, of where Tennessee is in the recruiting world and, and the job they've continued to do across the country. It shows they've really they've got a, a an ability to attract players to visit that they didn't have a couple of years ago. They, they weren't getting those types of players to visit at all in 2021. They just weren't. And now to get a guy like that from California on his own dime, to get a guy from DC uh, to come down, that's looking at, you know, Georgia and Ohio state and some other big programs. That, that's a big deal. So, so nice, nice gets there just to get those guys to visit and we'll see if it turns into anything more. Daniel Calhoun just keeps showing up at Tennessee. This is, I think this was his fifth time there in the last year. I mean, he, he's, they've done a really nice job with him. The teams you hear the most about have been lately, probably Georgia and Texas, um, Alabama, maybe uh, another team to watch there, but Tennessee's hung around in that one. So I, I, I'm not ruling them out in that one, even though I still think they're probably underdogs. I still think they, they maybe have a shot just because he's, he's taken so many visits and, and seems to have a pretty good comfort level with Tennessee. So we'll see if they can continue to build on that. And then, Another interesting one to me um, that that has, has shown up a couple times lately, Brian Robinson, a four-star defensive lineman out of Ohio. Michigan, probably the team to beat there for now, but they've they've gotten themselves back in the picture with Brian Robinson. We'll see if, he, if they get an official visit from him next month. That's the key to me. If they get an official visit, there's maybe a chance there. 
but Michigan, probably the team to beat for now. He's got official visits set to Michigan and Kentucky. Um, and then another guy that's, you know, kind of, I think, moved up Tennessee's board in recent months a little bit. Amaris Williams out of North Carolina, four-star defensive lineman, now a top 100 player in 24-7 sports rankings. And he made it clear Tennessee's second to Florida right now, uh, coming off his his uh, second trip to Tennessee this year. So a lot of good players that they got on campus, and that's not not including, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, Ronan O'Connell and even their their offensive line commitments, Gage Ginther and and uh, and Jesse Perry. So pretty good weekend for Tennessee in the trenches and uh, obviously headlined by a couple five-stars. Hard, hard to beat that. That's a pretty nice turnout. There's no doubt about that. And and we could spend a, a three-hour podcast here talking about everybody who made it uh, to campus this past weekend. Who who are some other names that we haven't mentioned just yet that, that kind of stood out to you or, or maybe caught your eye? Yeah, so, so some other noteworthy visits. DeMello Jones, four-star Georgia defensive back commitment. I get it. He's an in-state kid committed to Georgia. And at the end of the day, probably going to be tough to flip. Realistically, that's just kind of where where that program is right now. But Tennessee's done a really good job with him. And he just visited Tennessee for the second time in less than two months unofficially. And he's already, even before this past weekend, was scheduled to come back on official visit the weekend of June 23rd. And he's talking about coming back for maybe the Tennessee-Georgia game in November. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying that's at least one to file away and keep in the back of your mind. Tennessee's going to keep swinging there. That one's probably going to play out over the long haul. The way Georgia recruits, you never know. Maybe they get tired of him taking visits and looking around. Maybe maybe they get somebody else they're infatuated with and he he falls down their board a little bit and opens the door for Tennessee to make a move. You never know what will happen and, and maybe nothing comes of it, but Tennessee's done a good enough job there and he really enjoyed hanging around with Tennessee's coaches just enough that that's, that's a noteworthy visit to me and I think Tennessee did a good job with him. Cam Michael, uh, a highly ranked athlete that Tennessee is recruiting to play on either side of the ball. Uh, another another nice visit with him. Georgia's still probably the team to beat, but Tennessee is, I think, right there as their, at least their main competition going into the summer. Um, Freddie Dubose is an interesting name to file away at wide receiver. Don't know that he's at the very top of the board right now, but someone that is is planning to take an official visit to Tennessee next month. Had a really good first visit to Knoxville. I think Tennessee's in a, a at least a, a a position where they could realistically land him if they if they make more of a push for him this summer. And then Kingston Lopa, one that probably was not on a lot of people's radars at all going into the weekend, an athlete from California who's rated as a safety, but Tennessee sees him as maybe a wide receiver as well, really could play legitimately on either side of the ball. Uh, out, of a, out of a high school that might sound familiar to Tennessee fans who followed recruiting for a long time, Grant Union High School in Sacramento, California, that's the same school that produced Ontario Smith, the former Vol running back who later finished his career at Oregon and Dante Stallworth, the former Vols wide receiver. So some pretty good connections uh, there at that school for Tennessee. And after that visit this weekend, it sounds like it's a Tennessee Oregon battle for Kingston Lopa wants to come back on official visit, definitely plans to take an official visit to Tennessee. So that that's, that's one to file away going into the summer as well. That's more of a possibility than, than, than people probably thought um, going into the, to the weekend. And then Daniel Hill, four-star running back out of Mississippi. I still think that'll be a tough pull for Tennessee, maybe, or that they have more work to do at least. South Carolina has been the favorite there recently, but Tennessee at least getting him back on campus finally after about eight months, uh, a big step in the right direction. So they've got at least a legitimate chance at Daniel Hill. I would still lean toward Braylon Russell, the four-star and former uh, Arkansas commitment being the more likely uh, or more realistic option maybe 
at running back among their top targets at that position to, to perhaps pair with Peyton Lewis down the road. But Daniel Hill, at least back on the radar now, he said they're probably top three with South Carolina and Alabama. So that was a, certainly a noteworthy visit that Tennessee is back in it more for Daniel Hill than they were a few weeks ago. And June will be a very busy, busy month, and we will have plenty of time to to preview the month of, of June when it comes to official visitors and, and all that fun stuff. But the last thing before we get out of here, it, it's camp season, Ryan Callahan. It, it is camp season. Tennessee has a camp uh, later today, uh, tonight, uh, and then they'll have night at Neyland this Saturday night. And uh, I think one of the names that you were telling me before we press record that, that will be here this weekend is Deuce Knight, the 2025 quarterback who... Uh, last week included Tennessee in his list of of favorites, a, a top 10. He is a very, very interesting quarterback prospect in that class of 2025 from the state of Mississippi, and, and he'll be here this weekend. He will, and that's a, that. I'm not going to say that's a huge visit to, to watch and that people should be on you know commitment watch or anything like that, but I will say that he is he is a player who has at least mentioned already the possibility of making a relatively early commitment. It would be a pretty early commitment. Uh, you do see that sometimes from quarterbacks, but I think he is at least discussing the possibility of making a decision by, you know, maybe the end of the summer or something like that. So potentially an important visit for Tennessee as as important as it can get for a rising junior quarterback to, to get him back on campus. He was here this spring for a practice has really liked Tennessee for a while. I, I think they're the team to beat for him right now. And if he does follow through on making an early decision, which is still still an open question because he he's the type of player that I think he uh, he recently had a really impressive showing at a at an elite eleven regional um, where he, I think he ran a four five three forty and also had a forty one inch vertical. I mean he's a really good athlete uh, in addition to being a, a a tremendous thrower too. So he's he's skyrocketed up some boards. He. He's picked up some offers this spring, and it wouldn't shock me if he ends up camping at some places like Georgia, maybe even Alabama, where he gets more offers that potentially could cause him to say, you know what, I'm, I'm not ready to make a decision this summer. So it's, this still could change, but he's at least talked about an early decision enough that it's on, on the radar. And, and we'll see, we'll see if, if, if visiting Tennessee again this weekend continues to push him in that direction or if he's if he's uh, even talking that way anymore after that visit. But regardless, Tennessee's in pretty good shape with him, and he's one of their top uh, top quarterback targets in the uh, 2025 class. So he and I think George George McIntyre out of Brentwood Academy, the five-star, who's already gotten a lot of attention in state and and continues to rack up offers. I think those are kind of the two main names to watch right now in that class at quarterback. Tennessee's done a good job recruiting quarterbacks. They've got another chance to to go get a big time guy. If they could land one of those guys in 2025, that would be pretty impressive to continue the uh, the line of quarterbacks they've kind of stacked up here. And I, I think they've got a, a great chance with both of those guys right now. So it'll be interesting to see how Tennessee plays things out at that position. But potentially, as much as an early visit can be important, that's potentially an important one for Tennessee getting Deuce Knight back on campus this weekend. They'll have some other good players in town this weekend for sure for that. Uh, for that night at Neyland camp, uh, I think that'll be at least a pretty decent turnout. Um, the, the biggest camps tend to be toward the end of the summer for, for whatever reason, their last camp each of the last two years has been kind of the, the, the strongest turnout probably, but they, they'll, they'll have some good players in town uh, this week, especially this weekend. And it'll be kind of a steady stream throughout the month. Just uh, buckle up and get ready. If you're a recruiting fan, this is the fun time of year. A lot of visits, a lot of official visits, especially 
the weekends of June 16 and June 23rd, and then uh, probably about six or seven camps throughout the month uh, that Tennessee will be hosting visitors for, and just some random unofficial visits too. So just kind of stay tuned. Almost on a daily basis, you'll see a lot of things happening uh, for Tennessee on campus and, uh, and, and across the country too as these other guys take official visits to other schools like the Clemson visits this weekend. We mentioned all kinds of things happening across the country that could impact where these guys go, and we'll have it all covered for you on GoBalls247.com. We certainly will, all because of your great work, Ryan. We always appreciate your great insight. It'll be a busy two months. June and July have have seemingly become more important than the, the than the season. Uh, obviously, yeah. those game day visits are are very very important, but uh, June and July have just become absolutely critical uh, leading into into the season, and and we know that you'll have complete and great coverage of that. So, always appreciate your insight, my friend. Absolutely, thank you, Ben. He's Ryan Callahan. I'm Ben McKee. This has been another edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash go 24 seven. You can also go to facebook.com slash go 24 seven, uh, where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think falls fans will find interesting. Uh, but if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee, smoky mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening. 
again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys.